0: Hello and welcome to Mirror Talk Podcast. Your moment of greatness starts now. This week's guest is an international bestseller. He is a dynamic entrepreneur who is widely recognized as one of the world's leading experts on disruption and innovation. His experience comes from working with visionaries such as Begley, Steve Jobs, and hundreds of other successful entrepreneurs. How are you doing today, Jay?
1: Fantastic. Thanks for having me on the show.
0: Thank you so much for joining me today on this episode of Mirror Talk Podcast. You're a man of many honors, many awards. You have written a lot of articles in the Wall Street journals. You've held a lot of um, industrial keynotes and major speeches. You have been quoted in the New York um, Times and even more, even other articles and other magazines. But for my friends and for me, myself, and for our listeners out there, can you tell us about yourself and your journey so far?
1: Sure. So I'm no different than everybody listening. I bought into the belief that if you go to a school and you get good grades, you live happily ever after. Uh, got out of college and there were no jobs. So that started my journey on if there's no jobs, then you got to figure it out and start your own business. Mm. And I realized from doing it again and again that there's a pattern. And when dozens of your friends become self-made billionaires with a B, You realize that anyone can do it you don't have to come from money you don't have to live in a first world country you don't have to live in a major city we're all one click away from seven billion people so i've started the first auction which you know is became ebay i worked with reed hoffman to launch linkedin and then i've been on the other side and run multinational companies with you know hundreds of thousands of employees so i've seen it from both sides and it can be taught you only need two things to be successful in life insight and perseverance Mm. I can teach you how to find the insight and perseverance in my new book, Future Proofing You. I also teach you how to turn perseverance into passion. Mm. So that's my journey. I'm just here to pay it forward and help people make their journey easier.
0: Yes, oh, that's, that's great. I'm still going to come back to the question of um, insight and perseverance. But um, you, are, you describe or you are known as a serial disruptor. What does that mean? What does it mean to be a, a serial disruptor?
1: That means I I always try to go and do something new that displaces something. So I put the first video on a computer. I created advertising on the internet. I did the first video on demand on on cable. So all of these things, the first uh, album that you could download. Yes. So what I realized early on is if you apply for a job or you want to do a business that somebody else is doing, you're going to have competition. Mm. And I can guarantee you there's somebody with more experience. And I know on any day, there's somebody smarter than me, better looking than me, better connected than me, richer than me. There's just some guy that's better. I hate him. But if you do something that no one else is doing, Mm -hmm. if you're unique, by definition, you're the best in the world at what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So it's much easier to start something new. So in future-proofing you, this young man wanted to do social media. Well, 40 million other people do social media. How are you going to make a living? You don't know anybody. You're not going to get hired by multinationals. You're just basically one step away from homeless. Mm -hmm. So I said, look at what's in the news. What's something new? What are people talking about? And be the social media expert for that. Mm -hmm. Then you get your first customer and that's what they call in MBA speak a case study. Now you prove that you're good at that and you get the rest. So the customers that were paying them $200 a month in the beginning it was now signing up customers by month two who were paying 30000 a month. Yeah. Same skill set, different way of looking at filling a void. So that's one of the 12 truths, fill a void.
0: Fill a void, yes. But before we jump into the, to the 12 truths, you've started already. Um, you have this proven process um, because you mentored a broken millennial, millennial to go as in, from being on welfare um, to becoming a self-made millionaire in one year. And um, in, your, in your book, um, Future proven You, um, you explain like this method, you explain other principles that you use um, in the process of, you know, changing the life of this young man. And um, this book is, um, contains tough truths for creating opportunity, maximizing wealth, and controlling your destiny in an uncertain world for everybody, for everybody, um, um, basically. So um, you've mentioned it earlier, but are there like other things that inspired you? into writing this book and releasing it to the world, you know, for everyone to to have a taste or to um, make the secrets reveal to the world? Yeah.
1: My first book, Disrupt You, was really one of the most enjoyable experiences of my life. Mm. Um, everybody thinks of changing the world. Most people don't realize that it starts with changing yourself. Mm. So if you can change that voice in your head that says you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, you can't do it. Mm. Once you change that, everything falls into place. So the book became a huge international success. It's in a Bunch of languages. It comes out this year in mm-hmm. Urdu, Icelandic, Polish. I mean, it's crazy. And when I was a CEO, of like a NASDAQ CEO, you get your inboxes I hate you, I hate you, here's a problem, put out this fire. I mean, it's miserable. Mm-hmm. When you change people's lives, you get what I call love letters. I get emails every day from somebody that the book has changed them. But occasionally I get an email usually from a millennial that says, this is all motivational, but I could never do it. And I'm like, why am I not able to reach that person? I'm not doing this for me, I'm doing this to pay it forward and help others. So I decided to put my reputation on the line and said, could I do an experiment? Could I take somebody with no safety net, no infrastructure, no way to see what's in themselves, and get them so that they could see that it's them and that they can make it happen. Mm -hmm. And so this young man, uh, his name is Vin Clancy, I actually needed him to do the most important thing, which was the first truth, which is to have a growth mindset. Mm -hmm. And if you don't start off with a growth mindset, you'll get nowhere. Mm -hmm. Because everybody has problems, but with a growth mindset, you see the problems are actually opportunities in disguise. Mm -hmm. Because entrepreneurs don't sell things, they solve things. Solve a problem for a few people, you have friends. Solve for a million, become wealthy. Solve for a billion, you change the world. So the way I tricked him into having that growth mindset because I didn't have time for him to organically get it was there's a principle called the Pygmalion Effect. A professor went to school, tested all the kids, told the teachers three of the students would be super learners that year. End of the year, the school takes a test and those three kids excelled everybody. But the professor lied. He just picked those three names at random but by telling the students and the teachers that they were special they internalized it Mm -hmm. so when i met vin i told him i interviewed over 100 candidates and he was the only one with all the attributes to be a self-made millionaire when in fact i only interviewed Vin. (laughs) so he sat there and said if this old dude believes it you know i'll go along with it when at the end of his first month he made sixty thousand dollars he was unstoppable
0: mm. wow wow that that's awesome <laughs> that's a very a big trick um having a growth mindset and um having this um belief that or having this understanding that entrepreneurs are you know made to solve problems yeah uh, that's really good so can you walk us through this the 12 truths the the 12 truths that are listed in the book can you walk us through this 12 truth for controlling our destinies um in an uncertain world, like yeah, like now.
1: Well, we'd be here all day if we do all of them. So let me just hit <laughs> on a couple that might not seem obvious to people. Yes. Um, one of the ones that really bugs me about all these so-called gurus that are online is they all say fear isn't real. Fear's in your head. Fear's make believe. Forget fear. Overcome fear. That's a lie. We are hardwired. We are biologically wired to have fear. Hmm. The only reason any of us are here is because our ancestor, when they saw the saber-tooth tiger, ran, okay? The guy who didn't have any fear was lunch. Mm -hmm. So people that don't want to start a business are afraid of losing their job, afraid of losing money, afraid of losing other people's money, afraid of being embarrassed, afraid of failing. All these fears stop most people in their tracks. And those fears are real. Mm -hmm. But if you're walking down the street And a bus was coming barreling towards you are you thinking about those fears no you're thinking about the fear of dying Mm. so you jump out of the way of the bus so you can prioritize fear Mm. so if you can prioritize fear what should you really be afraid of well if you're at a job that doesn't allow you to live the way you want and you're not learning and growing you're trading a day of your life a week of your life a month of your life a year of your life you wake up one day you gave up your entire life just like being hit by that bus. For what? Because you were afraid of what somebody would think? That's the big fear of giving up and and wasting this precious time that we have on the planet. But now here's where fear becomes your friend. If you can agree that we all now have fear, turn the table. Whoever you're trying to sell has the same fears. Fear is an instinct that reacts before rational thought. So if you can frame your selling in a manner of fear, you'll get a better result. So when I was very young, I had a big meeting with the CEO of Pepsi. This was going to change my company's future. This was going to be amazing. I knew everything I could going into that meeting. For me, it was the most important meeting of my life. For the CEO, it was the only thing stopping him from going to lunch.
2: Hmm.
1: So he's not engaged. No amount of rational discussion will get him engaged. He's thinking about lunch. But when I start off the meeting by saying, thank you for meeting me today, because tomorrow I'm in Atlanta, which is the headquarters of Coca-Cola. Now fears start trickling in. If his competition goes and he had the shot to do it, he could get fired by the board. This could affect his self-preservation. Now his awareness is heightened. So I, I explained the three fears that executives have and how to leverage those so that's that's one of the 12 truths Mm -hmm. one of the other ones which i didn't touch on at all in disrupt you is there's a myth of the self-made man or the self-made woman that somehow successful people did it on their own as if they were you know came straight out of the earth and did it all by themselves that's a myth that's a lie there are no self-made people don't fly solo that's truth number eight you're going to need a series of mentors The world is changing at a dynamic pace that no amount of education or training can prepare you for. Mm -hmm. But yet, there are thousands of people out there that would like to help you succeed. Mm -hmm. So I teach people how to use LinkedIn and other tools to get a mentor. And you don't get a mentor by emailing a stranger, will you be my mentor? That's like walking into a bar and say, will you have my baby? It doesn't work that way. But if you can start a dialogue, look how to look through their profiles of the people that will be open to this then you start dialing you may have a lifelong mentor without ever using the m word Mm -hmm. so that's another important truth and then post pandemic there's a new advantage that has now come that most people aren't aware of if giant corporations who now have 80 90 100 of their employees working from home you no longer need that big office you don't need that expensive overhead you can run a virtual company just like my uh young man in the book did but here's the new advantage up until recently when you started a company you had to hire the best people within 10 kilometers of you or 20 kilometers Mm. now you can hire the best people in the world yeah you used to have to be in a major city which was expensive to live and have to other hire other people with expenses Now you can live anywhere or you can be a digital nomad My my best friend's son, he's an engineer, has a full-time job with Google. Mm -hmm. One month he'll be in Hawaii. One month he'll be in Thailand and you know, if he wants to run with the bulls in Spain, you don't have to wait till you're old and gray to see this beautiful planet so you can have a better work-life balance Mm -hmm. and remote workers have less turnover. They're willing to pay less pay to have that privilege of not wasting two hours a day commuting and to have the flexibility to take care of children or seniors or whatever it might be. Uh, they cost you less, there's less turnover and they're 40% more productive. So and I also listed in Future Proofing You, 22 free software tools to run your remote business. They start off you know, free until you get to a certain size business. So uh, huge advantage for starting a company today.
0: Would you advise us to first read Disrupt You before reading um, Future Proven You or you could first read this new book?
1: Yeah, so so if it was a college course, the uh, introductory course would be Disrupt You because it really lets you work through all this stuff internally. Mm-hmm. Uh, Future Proofing re- You is really the steps. There, there's a series that every business and every entrepreneur that's successful takes. Yes. They don't teach it in school for some reason. School was set up to make employees. Mm-hmm. Our curriculum was set up during the Industrial Revolution. Let them know how to read enough and how to do enough math, but not to think. Mm. Well, there are no more secure jobs. If the pandemic didn't teach you that, I mean, I spent five years traveling the world telling everybody, whether by choice or circumstance, every career gets disrupted. I don't have to make that argument anymore. Everybody got disrupted. And this won't be the only giant disruption in our lifetime. So you can wait to see what happens. But here's the secret. Disruption isn't about what happens to you. It's about how you respond to what happens to you. Mm. The 150 wealthiest people on the planet doubled their net wealth in 2020 during the pandemic. Let that sink in. Didn't double what they earn in a year. They doubled their life savings. They doubled their wealth. Every 48 hours, there's a new self-made billionaire. What are they doing different? Can it be taught? Absolutely. You only need two things: insight and perseverance. Everything else can be hired. Mm. Right? Yes. You've written the same amount of computer code as Steve Jobs, and he built a trillion-dollar tech company. Yeah. yeah. Steve was an engineer. <laughs> yes. He wrote zero. Okay? Mm-hmm. So people have to start looking at it from that point of view. And you will fail. And you will fail again and again. I mean, think about it. Jeff Bezos lost money with Amazon year after year after year after year and came out the other side of it as the richest man in the world. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. people don't understand where money comes from. That's the other thing I try to explain in Future Proofing You. Money doesn't come from the old, I buy an apple for $1 and I sell it to you for $2, so I make a dollar." That's how it was taught in school. Mathematically accurate, but not true. Mm -hmm. Here's what's not true about it. In game theory, that's called zero-sum game. Think of poker. You can only win as much money as there's chips on the table. Yeah. So you either have money or I have money. Mm-hmm. Or he takes the job or I get the job. Or they get the raise or I get the raise. Or that country steals our jobs. Or it suddenly becomes this dog-eat-dog. We're all fighting over this, this one pile of money. Mm-hmm. But if I'm starting a new company and I say to you, I'll sell you 10% for $10,000. And you say, yes. Now what do I have? I have 10000 in cash and 90000 in stock. I can hire people with that. I can buy stuff. I can merge stuff. That's how I can take a startup and 18 months later sell it for $200 million. That money wasn't made by a government. That money comes out of thin air. Mm-hmm. And so most of the wealth that we're seeing is be- being created that way, not the scrimp and save and invest and save. And someday when you're old, you'll have money, but you'll be too old to do anything with it.
0: Earlier at the beginning, you said you have to, you know, develop insights and perseverance. So can you tell me how to develop the right mindset and the right insight um, to become successful in life?
1: So mindset is everything. So I start off each morning, I look in the mirror and I say two things. Today can be better than yesterday. Mm -hmm. And I have the power to make it so. Because whatever Mm -hmm. you were yesterday, whatever happened to you yesterday, whoever you thought you were when you went to bed, you don't have to be that today. And don't waste your future thinking about your past that can't change. As far as insight, I have a technique in the book called Three Problems a Day for 30 Days. It's just what it says. Write down on a piece of paper three problems in your life and do this every day for a month. The first day it's easy. Ah, there was traffic, there was this, whatever. By day or two or three most people go, I don't have any more problems. It's not that you don't have any problems, it's that you live your life on autopilot, that when you run into obstacles, you just assume that's the way it's always been. Mm. Um, a gentleman that read my first book, he was uh, taking his medicine in the morning, and the phone rang, and then he got off the phone and goes, ooh, did I take the pill or didn't I? Mm. Oh, that's a problem. Yeah. He thought about it. He took a little watch that cost like uh, a nickel, put it on the lid, so when you close the bottle, it sets it at zero. He can look at the bottle, oh, opened it three minutes ago, or oh, I opened it eight hours ago. Then he added Bluetooth, so you know whether grandma took her pills. Mm-hmm. Then he sold them all over the world. Mm-hmm. It's those simple moments. In Future Proofing You, I have, I have a story that's amazing. Every parent can relate to this. It's the middle of the week. Your child has to do some project for school. They're writing on the poster board, and they mess it up. They go, Mommy, Mommy, please take me to the store. Please buy me another sheet. And you go, okay, so you get out there at 10 o'clock at night. You buy another piece. But before this mom gave it to her,
2: mm-hmm.
1: she took a ruler and made little thin lines on it so that her daughter could write straight letters. And in the morning, she said, why don't they sell poster board with little lines on it? Make a long story short, she got a patent. She makes about $5 million. Wow. No employees, just solving a problem.
0: Yes. That's so that's where mindset. it all starts. Hmm.
1: And if you need an acronym, my acronym for doing all this in the book is MOVE, M-O-V-E, hmm. Mindset, Obstacle, find a void, and then
0: execute. Mindset's obstacle, find the void, and execute. So, but um, in the journey of becoming, you know, successful in life, there are a lot of obstacles that would occur. You made mention of the example of Jeff, um, Jeff Bezos, for example, you know, failing over and over, or make, making losses with Amazon before it became successful. So, what are, those, what are some of these obstacles that one is supposed to expect, and what can I do, or what can we do to, you know, overcome these obstacles?
2: So,
1: the first thing is you have to understand that there's nothing wrong with bailing. There's a difference between failing and, and failure. Failing is figuring out what doesn't work. Failure is throwing in the towel and giving up. A child, a toddler doesn't stand there and go one day, today I shall walk across the room. They try it, they fall down, they try it again, they fall down, and they figure it out. When you play a video game, you don't sit down and make it all the way to the end. You hit some obstacle, bam, 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 okay, you hammer it, you get past it, you feel good, and then there's another one, another one. That's what life is. That's what having a business is. So expect failing. If you don't have mistakes, you'll never grow and learn. Mm-hmm. The thing is to not say, oh, I failed because I'm not good enough. That, that imbues that somehow the universe has some rules that you have to apply to. Mm-hmm. It's I failed because I learned something that doesn't work. So now let me try a different approach. Give you a great example. Before swiping to, to, to get laid, um, people had computer dating. Yeah. And 10 years ago, computer dating was a still picture, and you read about the person and you emailed back and forth. But when with broadband was coming out, three engineers sat down and said, We're gonna make a dating website with video. We're gonna make so much money, you'll get to see the people, hear their voice, their you know, their smile, whatever. So the, the site was called Tune In Hookup. Mm-hmm. And they built a great site and the first video that went up there was a guy i can't make this up standing in front of the elephant cage at the zoo talking about why you should go out with them yeah so the site had a problem no one wanted to date these losers they did everything in the business plan perfectly but nobody wants to date these losers but they looked at the data they looked for the insight and they noticed something that wasn't in the business plan Nobody wanted to date these people, but they sure wanted to show their friends these videos. So they changed the name of TuneIn Hookup to YouTube and became billionaires without a penny in revenue. Twitter was a music site. I can go on and on. So it's the process of failing that gives you insights. The only competitive advantage any company has in the 21st century Mm -hmm. is getting insights from their customers faster than the competition.
0: Insight is very important. And also, you know, learning from your failures. That's what I understood now, like taking the data you have and reforming it into something better. Yes, I'm making progress from that. Wow. So, um, you know, from your from your experiences for, of working, you know, with the Pope, for example, or President Bill Clinton, um, Clinton um, Bill Gates, Steve Jobs and other entrepreneurs and world leaders um, so far, what are some, you know, common traits or lessons that, could be useful for everyone out there who is trying to work hard to become successful or to become someone in life?
1: Well, each person that you just mentioned and each person that's listening to your show, I believe has a superpower. Mm. And one of the 12 truths in Future Proofing You is to identify what makes you unique and lean into that. Mm. Some people, I have a friend who is the greatest connector. He figures out how to pull people together never had a job and he, and he makes millions, okay? Mm. Uh, Reed Hoffman, who wrote the forward to Future Proofing You and created LinkedIn and is now on the board of Microsoft, mm. he sees into the future farther than most people. Mm. You know, maybe you are super organized, maybe you're super detailed, maybe whatever it is, lean into that superpower mm. because that's where you'll see your success. Mm. And all of these people had different Uh, Bill Clinton, you just had to spend five minutes with him to know he was the most charismatic person, more than any movie star, uh, amazing charisma. And that was his center stone. But it doesn't necessarily have to be what you think is is the typical strength. For me, I'm dyslexic. When I was a kid, I was basically told I'm stupid, right? But I didn't want to be embarrassed. So when there was a group project, I would raise my hand to be in charge of it. So I could delegate the reading part to this one and the writing part to that one and basically delegate everything, which is really good training for being a CEO. In fact, one out of three CEOs of Fortune 500 companies are dyslexic. Richard Branson, dyslexic. Walt Disney, dyslexic. So give you another story from future-proofing you. There was a young man in middle school, and he had ADD. Now, for most people, you'd say that's a negative. Well, the doctors and his parents wanted to treat him with Ritalin and other drugs, and He just didn't like being in a fog all the time from being on these pills. But the only place where he could control his mind was in the swimming pool. So he asked his mom, if I swim every day in the backyard, if I swim every day, can I get off these meds? And the doctors and the mom agreed. So this young man swam every single day. Every single day. By the end of his teenage years, he had 17 Olympic medals. You know him as Michael Phelps. His superpower isn't swimming the superpower was abd so embrace what makes you unique for in that are the keys to your success
0: yes embrace what makes you unique wow <laughs> yes
1: be so, you everybody uh, else is taken
0: right yes yes
1: other thing that goes with that is don't live somebody else's dream. Your parents want you to be X, Y, Z. They most likely gave up on their dreams and wanna shield you from the pain of failing and trying. Take that safe, steady job. There are no safe, steady jobs. Hundred-year-old companies go out of business like that. Yes. So the only dream that will give you the persistence is a dream that you own. Hmm. To follow and do what you want. And if you believe that entrepreneurs don't sell things but solve problems, what better way to spend your life than making the world better by solving a problem for others. It doesn't have to be a giant, you know, global warming problem. Mm -hmm. It can be traffic. It can be the most basic of things. Mm. And you'll find the secret to happiness is the helping of others. And as we get into tough environmental times, sustainable capitalism is a huge growth area. It's where I end future-proofing you, show all the opportunities of really the businesses that are solving problems that really are existential to life on on earth. And they can be basic. If an 11-year-old kid can start the idea of banning plastic straws Mm. and you wake up one day and they're gone, Mm. imagine what you can do.
0: For someone like me who needs a mentor, for example, or someone out there who needs a mentor, like what kind, what kind of um, traits do I look forward to in a person before asking or reaching out to that person to become a mentor?
1: So you want to find somebody that has expertise in the field that you're trying to go into or seed in. Mm-hmm. You don't want somebody at the top of the pyramid because it's been too long since they were at your level to be in touch with what the world's like. Mm-hmm. So find somebody that's one, or one rung or two above you in the ladder. Find somebody that's involved in charities. Find somebody that has that, that giving heart already. Mm-hmm. Um, get yourself involved in those same organizations. Mm-hmm. There's many you know, entrepreneur groups, you know, you know, Provisors, uh, YPO, EO. Mm-hmm. And I, I, uh, before the pandemic, I was in Portugal uh, speaking at EO's world meeting, entrepreneur organization. And there were a thousand people that flew in from all over the world for the sole purpose of mentoring each other. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a powerful thing to see people spend that time and energy to make others successful. But if you have that belief that entrepreneurs create wealth, they don't have that zero-sum game, let's fight it out, then you realize we live in a world of great abundance. There may not be equal distribution of that abundance, but the abundance is there and there's no gatekeepers blocking you from success. There's no, there's no banker in the way there's, you know, there's crowdfunding, there's there's private equity there, there's VCs. I've raised hundreds of millions of dollars for startups. There's always another path. And there is my favorite source of capital, OPM, other people's money. Hmm. There are corporations will give you millions of dollars and don't want anything in return. They don't want any equity. They don't want it paid back. Why do they do it? Because you have an idea that not only helps your business but helps theirs. I'll give you an example. I had to launch Sony's competition to iTunes. Well, iTunes was out there spending a hundred million dollars a year marketing. Sony was late to the game. My marketing budget was zero dollars and zero cents. Most people would say, you're failed. But I said, okay, I have a problem. Who else has a problem? And I looked around the world that year and I came up with two companies. One was McDonald's. Their sales were down for the first time ever because of a movie called Super Size Me about people eating too much and getting fat. So I said, okay, what does my music store have to do with McDonald's having a problem? If I can connect those dots, then McDonald's will advertise my music store. So went to the CEO of McDonald's. I can make you hip and cool again. Buy a big Mac, get a free track, put a code on each one. They did 60 million of TV commercials, put it on every bag, every tray liner. They drove me 20 million paying customers. My first week didn't cost me a penny. The other company that was in trouble was United Airlines was in bankruptcy and they wanted some way to let people know they were coming out. Please fly with us again. Mm. What the heck does that have to do with the music store? connect the dots. There's all these people with frequent flyer miles. They think they're gonna go away. You can now use your frequent flyer miles to get music. Mm -hmm. But to announce it, I did the first ever concert in the sky. I had Sheryl Crow perform in a plane flight from Chicago to LA, filled the plane with the press. All the national news covered it Everybody, we shot the whole thing, edited it before the plane landed, handed everybody DVDs so they could do it, yeah. and that concert played on every flight for a month. Mm. So millions and millions more customers. Total cost for those two promotions for me, yeah. zero dollars and zero cents. I've done this with car companies, I've done this with software companies, entertainment companies, food, almost any CPG. Mm. Why mm. not spend somebody else's money? Because somebody else has a problem somebody else needs to reach an audience they've got a budget but they don't have the ideas
0: and, and there are so many people out there including myself who have um you know this mindset that if i could just reach out to the right person if i could just you know meet with bill Gates, for example if i could just reach out to you know make the right connection i will become successful i will be able to sell my idea to the right people but so why don't you how do you reach out to the right people when
1: i was your age and a different time in history
2: mm-hmm.
1: um Video games sounded like this, beep, 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 beep. beep. And sound cards were now coming out in computers. And I had a company that was making video games. And it dawned on me, why don't video games have rock and roll music? This would be killer. Everybody would play PC games would be the greatest thing. This is before Guitar Hero, okay? So I don't know anybody at that point in the music business. I don't know anybody anywhere. I have a little company with six people that nobody ever heard of. So I reached out to Bill Gates. I didn't know him. I said, I think this will make more people play PC games, which would be good for Microsoft. Mm -hmm. I'm writing to you to ask a favor. Would you reach out to David Geffen, the only billionaire in the music industry and ask him to take a meeting with me? Now, Bill Gates didn't know me. Bill Gates also didn't know David Geffen, but he obviously thought this was a good idea. And when the richest man in the world tells somebody to take a meeting, they take the meeting, mm. and I ended up partnering with Geffen and have a game with Aerosmith and Peter Gabriel and 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 uh, Nirvana and ten of the biggest rock groups of all time, all because I reached out to that person. Yeah. But make sure if you're reaching out to that person, you have a fully formed executable ask otherwise you're wasting your chance and their time
0: there's one point you've made very clear already and that's the fact that everyone needs a mentor everyone needs to you know you need people to become successful in life and um this brought me to you know i was i saw one of your articles on the wall street journal we talked about um three types of advisors you need so i was thinking i'm going to like ask you to you know to walk me through this uh, this article and tell me the three types of advisor that everyone needs
1: I think everybody could now search Advisors, J. Samuel, Wall Street Journal. If you think I remember each article that I've written, over, <laughs> there, over there a were lifetime, a lot of articles. There were a lot of articles. I, yeah. I, I, I've written, I stopped counting at 300. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but yeah, so you can look up that article. There's a lot of things that you need. But the whole point is you're going to need a series of mentors. It's no, We're not in the Middle Ages where if you wanted to become a leather smith or, an, or a blacksmith, you apprenticed for three years, you learned skills that never changed. Mm. And he made horseshoes this way. You learned to make them the same way. And, you know, or, or the guy who would make the samurai swords from generation after. generation. No. OK, that world doesn't exist. Yeah. What you're going to see is that you need to move into a certain area where you don't have those skill sets or those insights or those connections. Mm. But there's lots of people there. So the trick is how to explain the future in a way that people stuck in the past can comprehend. It took me 20 years to figure that out. I used to go and get into these meetings where I knew I was right, and I'd leave, why don't they get it? Why don't they get it? They don't get it. It's not their job to get it. They made it to the C-suite. Most people believe what got them there will keep them there. If that was true... The average life of a CEO wouldn't be under five years. It mm-hmm. Doesn't. You have to commit to lifelong learning. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways you learn is at the feet of people that
0: have done it. Yes, that's right. So this I think this is the right time to um to plug in where, where one can get your book. Like for example, you can get it on Amazon.com and on gizami.com, Gizami.com, you can also, you know, get the book too. Yes.
1: On my website, I have free workbooks. So if you're working through the book, Usually you're like, you're reading a chapter. Oh my God, that makes sense. I want to put that to work. And then you get to the next chapter and the first chapter just went through your mind and and went somewhere, right? Mm -hmm. So I have workbooks that you can do exercises after each chapter to start making your plan for success. Mm -hmm. I don't charge for these. They're free. You go to jaysamit.com, J-A-Y-S-A-M-I-T.com. There's no upsell. I don't sell anything. Mm -hmm. You can't get a t-shirt with my face on it, okay? Not that you want that. (laughs) <laughs> um, the only reason why the audiobook or the, the printed book or the Kindle book, that's so the publishers can make money. Um, so for the price of a lunch, you can change your life. And that's, that's, this is my selfish reason. Here's my selfish reason for doing this. I love democracy. I love li- living in a free country, mm-hmm. but you know what? You cannot have a democracy without a strong middle class. Mm-hmm. The pandemic wiped out the middle class in the U S and around the world. And if you don't have a middle class, you don't have freedom. Mm. So who creates the middle class? Who creates jobs? It's not governments. It's entrepreneurs. Mm. And yet no one's spending the time to teach entrepreneurs to, it's going to be a hard journey, mm. but if I can shorten that journey for you, if I can ease that load, mm. right? Running a marathon's really hard, but it's a lot easier because somebody made tennis shoes, right? Yes. So I'm just giving you that little extra help. Now, Vin, the young man that I mentored in, in future-proofing you, I don't want you to think he had it easy. He didn't date for a year, he didn't watch TV, he used daytime for selling and nighttime for doing the work, seven days a week, but he worked harder than most people were willing to for one year so he can live the rest of his life in a manner most people can't. I think that's a fair trade.
2: Yeah.
1: And this to get him through those last couple of months, I mean, Uh, which was a, you know, grind. He just focused on when the year was over, he was going to take a year off and travel the world. And the only reason he could do that was not because he had a bunch of money in the bank, but because he knew he was future-proof. Whenever he wanted to work, wherever he went in the world, he could do it again and again. And today he does have Fortune 500 clients paying him a fortune. And he just travels and does his work from wherever he happens to be. So that's, that, that, is within reach because if he could start with nothing, everybody listening to this has started with something that he didn't have. You're on a quest to get this knowledge, which means you're already taking that first step Mm. and the steps to be a millionaire, the steps to be a billionaire, the steps to change the world are all the same. It's just one foot after the other. So if I can show you the step-by-step, at least it gives you a path.
0: And from, from the story you mentioned, made mention of, of the um the young man that you helped. Yeah, I I, I've, I learned that, for example, he has this goal that after one year, he's going to maybe travel the world. And the goal also could be, you know, to be financially independent, for example, any goal that anyone wants to achieve in life. But in order to get to this goal, you have to persi- persevere, as you mentioned earlier, of earlier. Are there, like, some, you know, some tricks, some tools to make use of in order to persevere? Because, you know, perseverance could be easy to say, but... To act upon or to actually persevere, it can be very difficult.
1: In future-proofing you, one of the 12 truths is ter- taking perseverance and turning into passion. Mm. A passion is something greater than the self. So if you're just doing it for you, you can give up mm. because who's going to know? It's you. I didn't set out to be an entrepreneur. There were no jobs, but I had two sons when I was very young. And I looked down at them and I wanted them to have a good life. I wanted them to have a better life. And I couldn't give up because of them. There are other passions that you can have. Um, anybody can sell shoes and make shoes, but there's company Tom Shoes. Every time you buy a pair of shoes, they give a pair to somebody that's never had shoes. It sure makes people feel better about making that purchase. It sure makes employees feel better about working at a company that has shared values. Mm -hmm. So the more you can solve for others as part of that passion, part of that purpose, the less likely you'll give up because you don't want to let others down. Mm -hmm. This is the whole psychology that's used in the military. The reason why they they beat on you and yell at you and everything is to get the whole bunch of you to, to hate the sergeant together and grow closer. So that when you're in harm's way, you're not thinking about, I'm getting out of here. You're thinking about I can't leave my buddies there. I got to I got to do it for them, not for some obscure, you know, freedom or winning the war. It's about those closest to you. So anything can be elevated. Uh, Tom Bilu, I don't know if you know Tom who wrote the foreword to the book Impact Theory. He wrote the forward to uh, Future Premium. He had a software company, they weren't making money, they were fine, but nobody cared about it. And he came from a family that had people that were morbidly obese. And it bothered him. He wanted to help them. And he looked at protein bars that were on the market. And all the protein bars were filled with corn syrup. They were basically candy bars sold as health food. Mm-hmm. So with no experience, three guys started Quest Nutrition. They started making Quest bars, bars that were actually healthy. A Few years later, they sold the company for a billion dollars. Wow. Their goal wasn't the billion dollars. Their goal was impacting those people's lives. And that's what got them through the tough times. Yeah. Then hit a, 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 something that I couldn't even make if I was making this into a movie as a point, Middle of the year, his business got punched, sucker punched or knocked over. Nothing that he did wrong. The world changed in a way that he couldn't have anticipated. And I'm like, okay, so it'll be a book about a guy who made a half a million dollars. It's not as catchy, but it's still impressive. I thought he was down for the count. And at the end of the month, when we came for our our end of the month meeting, his target was supposed to be $100,000 for that month. And he came to me and said, I I didn't make the number. I only made $96,000. And he was beating himself up over this. And I was laughing inside. If he, when he was on welfare, could imagine him being upset that he only made $96,000 in a month. That showed that the growth mindset was inside him. When his business got knocked over, he said, okay, that's not working right now. I got to pivot and do something else. He didn't miss a day. He didn't, he didn't mourn the loss of what he was doing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: He just said, okay, that's changed. I got to change with it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's what it's all about. We're the most adaptable species on the planet. I don't have to know the person hearing my voice right now to tell them that I believe in them. I know they can do it, because I've seen others do it that weren't the smartest, didn't come from the right families, didn't come from the right cities, didn't come from anything. Um, there's a, there's a, a, a man who I met who impressed the living daylights out of me named Molly, who was an orphan. His, his, his parents left one night, him alone in a, a small hut in, in Africa. He had to walk to the major city by himself He lived on the streets. He saved up to buy a van and drive workers back and forth. And then he saved up enough to have another. One day he's he's super wealthy. That Mm -hmm. should be the end of the story. But he went through the city and he saw three kids in the street, just like he was. And and though he had eight kids that went skiing in Switzerland and had everything, he picked the kids up, took them back to his wife and said, we now have three more kids. And his wife was a little upset, but she said, okay. And he did this 22,000 times. Wow. He gave up his whole fortune. He had to figure out how to grow food for 22,000 kids in, 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 that, in his house.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: He took every kid. And these kids are now doctors and engineers and teachers. He's transformed a generation
2: mm-hmm.
1: because it was his passion. Yes. Amazing man. so there's always more than you can do there's always a solution to any problem aren't we here to make life better isn't the purpose of life to have a life of purpose
0: of course to make life better and to make impacts on our generation yeah yes
1: otherwise you're just paying bills until you die
0: hmm. yeah Uh, which which is kind of a meaningless life right just making money and to spend money or to pay your bills yeah
1: it 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 sounds miserable
0: you answer my my next and last question actually i didn't ask you that okay after you've made it, after you're successful, what next? You have the money in the world. What's next? But from the story you, you, you narrated now, um, you could give back to the world. You could help other people to become successful in life. And that is what matters the most.
1: So it's not just about writing a check. So when Bill Gates was the richest man in the world and retired, he set a foundation. He could give away money. But, I mean, that doesn't use what made him successful. That doesn't use his mind and intellect. And a friend of him said, to him, you know, Being the richest guy in the world is kind of cool, but you know what would be really cool? You're the first person in history to eradicate a disease from the planet. Mm -hmm. Now Bill Gates was engaged. Now it's like, okay. (laughs) Why couldn't people, if we have the the vaccine for polio, why can't we get rid of polio? Oh, it's a distribution problem. I've solved distribution problems. Oh, it's a this problem. It's a government problem. It's a regulatory problem. Mm -hmm. Now we had a a purpose again. Uh, For me, when my kids were grown and that was no longer making more money and running another company, you know, shoot me, I, I, I you know, don't wanna do it again. But an engineer who worked for me 20 years ago reached out. And to make a long story short, he grew up on a farm in the Midwest in the US in Kansas. And the way we grow food on this planet is we put poison to kill the weeds and to kill the pests. Mm-hmm. And we put what we believe is enough poison to kill everybody but us. Mm. Like, if you think about it, this is the dumbest way to grow food. And it turns out that these poisons are causing cancer and killing us and killing all the fish in the, in the, in the seas and, and poisoning the land and, and, and taking the nutritional value out of the food. I mean, we've created a mess. So why do we use these poisons? And to make a long story short, because nobody had another solution to this problem. Same old thing. So Greenfield Robotics, this company, makes these little robots that go up and down row crops. Think of of corn or Milo or whatever, and they just cut the weeds. They use machine vision, they don't damage the plant. So think of a herd of goats going up a field to to clean it, but they only take care of the weeds, not the plants. Now, what does this innovation do? So when he said that's what he wants to do, here's what it solves. The farmers don't have to buy the poison, so they make 40% more. People eat healthier foods so they don't get cancer, Mm -hmm. okay? The single largest source of carbon in the atmosphere of greenhouse gases is agriculture. It's 25% more than cars. Mm -hmm. From tilling the soil to to chop up the weeds, we're Mm -hmm. releasing all the sequestered carbon. So it becomes the single greatest solution for sequestering carbon and stopping the heating up of the planet. How am I morally obligated how can I sit here and say, I can go to the beach every day? So I'm chairman of Greenfield Robotics and yeah. working my butt off to make sure that these robots are everywhere yes. to try to solve this major problem. There's, yeah. alway, there's always a way to do more.
0: Yes, yes. I, was, I, was, I, was think, I was think you will talk about you know your professional, you, you are the chairman of um, Greenfield Robots, for example, but you made mention of it already. I wanted to ask you earlier um, what does it do? What does he imply? More? As an engineer myself, I know robotics has to do with you know building robots to carry out some um, tasks or some missions. But yours is um, basically for agricultural um, you know um, practices or works. Yeah.
1: Um, the, the, when I was young, I got to interview a famous actor from decades ago named Bob Hope, and he said something that stuck with me. He was in his 80s at the time, and said, "It's better to wear out than rust." So well, I'm gonna keep working forever as long as I can add value.
0: I've, I've written a lot of notes right right now. I'm like, on my notepad, I'm like just taking notes, and <laughs> from everything I've been able to learn from you today. But um, up to this moment, are there like some things you love to say that I've not been opportune to ask you? Is there something else you would love every listener to know out there that we've not spoken about?
1: I do this as my way of paying it forward. Mm. You know, the knowledge is there. You're one click away from 14,000 years of knowledge of mankind on the internet. Yes. Everything that you need to have the answer to whatever problem you have is there. Or you can watch cats playing on the piano. I mean, <laughs> you know, the, the the choice is yours. But uh, yes. you know, thank you for the time, and uh, love to love to hear success stories from from people that have made an impact.
0: Yes, Th- thank you so much for um, making your time, uh, making time to be on this podcast or on this episode of the podcast. I'm going to place like your 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 information in the show notes of this episode, your website, and also link to the Amazon, um, you know, for the book for um, the future proven you. It's going to be out on the 18th of March, 2021. And it's going to be available on Amazon and other platforms that, um, possible. So I would advise everyone to pick the up and pick up the book and also listen to the audio. You have the audio copy, which was recorded by yourself, right?
1: <laughs> yep, yep. If you didn't get sick of this voice, yeah. So the Audible is out now. The Kindle's out now. And no. by the time you hear this, the next week on Tuesday, the uh, hardback is out. So enjoy.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you so much. And I'm looking forward to reading this book and learning all the... Um, the 12 truths and all the principles that are listed in the book. Thank you so much. Terrific. Thank you. Wow. You made it to the very end of this episode. Thank you so much for listening. I'm grateful for your time, your love, and your contributions. Subscribe, like, review, and share this podcast. God bless you. Bye.